So, what happened? Nothing. And now I'm fucking with the settings in, in Zoom to see if I can make YouTube Live happen. This this isn't a good start, guys. This, is, this isn't a good start. So, welcome to our podcast. My question is, what happened to your ankle? Oh, the dog tripped me walking down the staircase yesterday. That's payback for... Whatever you've done that was unfair. Um, I was we we didn't we didn't uh, carry the the food that Carrie orders off the internet didn't get here quick enough, so I was actually walking downstairs to get rice so that we could all eat the same food. Like yesterday, everyone in this household had chicken and rice and broccoli. Oh wow! For dinner, including the dog. Very nice plate, chicken. Rice That's very interesting. That sounds very uh, professional for the puppy. It was it was great, and then she ate it like ma- a mongrel. That she is. Don't yawn. You can't yawn already. I'm just well. It's like nine. It's almost nine here, and I'm just I'm just trying to figure out a way so that we can have better video quality in this room. And it's upsetting because we did the zo- we did Zoom. Uh, Formula SAE this weekend or last week, and mm-hmm. the video quality was spectacular. Sp- so spectacular. The sound and audio quality were great the whole day. It was hmm. amazing. That's that's pretty nice. I've never who, dealt with that before. Who pays for that university? Um, SAE does. Mm. Oh, to go to be a school in SAE it costs like two grand to go, oh. but I think most of that goes to like. You know, it is a race track event, so mm-hmm. pays for track fees and such. I, now uh, you're yawning. I it, know it just got I transferred know. through the computer. I know through the internet. Um, I think we should talk about the thing that you had put down in the notes about how cars, how big they are. Oh fuck! That's a that's a long time coming here because. I don't know if you've been on the roads and seen how big trucks and stuff are now. Um, yeah. But, okay, so... I, I drive is, one. or I, this, I, Yeah, I, before I got COVID, I used to drive a truck for work professionally. Right. Not like not like an 18-wheeler for those of you who are just tuning in now. That's yeah, not those, anyone, but... Those have always been big. <laughs> um, I, what, my, specifically, what I want to talk about is Remember an S10 okay. or a Dodge yeah. Dakota? Yeah. Like in the 90s? Yeah. They were like the size of a truck? Yeah. And then the full-size truck was like the size of what those look like now. So okay. let's take, for instance, the Chevy Colorado then. Yeah. In like 2005. Yeah. Is like the same size as like an '88 Silverado. Wait, wait, wait! So you're saying an '88 Silverado was the same size as a like a 2004 Colorado? Colorado. And then, and now, what I'm saying also with that is the newer Colorado Canyon, yeah, Raptor uh, uh, Ranger are now yeah. like as big as full size trucks used to be. So so now I, the full size trucks are the size of like F two fifties, F three fifties, twenty five hundreds, thirty five hundreds. Yeah, 
I'll, I'll agree with that. But so I had a 71 GMC in high school. Okay. Gross. And it was amazing. That was a good truck. It was a really nice truck. I Nick, once, Nick I was once, same thing. I was once working for the uh, um, election board one election day to like keep all the electronic election machines running. Yeah. And I literally replaced its alternator on my lunch break. Cause yeah, the because the just went bad and it took because there was like a whole tools. because there was like a whole park bench worth of room inside the hood around the alternator you could fit seven alternators in any direction so that you could very quickly remove it and install it. Yeah. You could touch anything. You just yeah. stick your hand right through, never lose a tool. Great. Right. But but I think about I'm I'm very familiar with how the space from where you sat to the other side of the door. You could we cuz like one time my dad and my brother, we drove from Tampa, Florida to, to Detroit, Michigan, all three of us on a bench seat. Right. And it was awful, but not as awful as one might imagine. Not as awful as it would be in a bench seat now. If, if it, yeah, it would not be, it was probably better than when Mike, Nick, and Jordan were all sitting in the back of your Toreg two, two, three years ago. Right. Right. I mean, not apples to apples, but I see what you're saying. Yeah, 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 exactly. Not apples to apples, but but I... Because they make trucks now with front row bench seats, and they're incredibly uncomfortable. In the middle, in that middle space, or... Yes, yes. You can still get like a work truck, quote unquote, with yeah. like a fold down center console freaking seat thing and it's yeah but also center consoles that was the next thing i was going to talk about is the center console glove box area has gotten yeah. gigantic oh it's so big i get it though <laughs> i i totally get it i don't get it is so, it crash safety no it's so you can put a laptop upon it oh but i'm talking about like the truck shape in general how big it is Oh. Everything's bigger. The mirrors are bigger. The door handles are bigger. The emblems are bigger. Dude, it's... Uh, it's I, consumerism 101. No, we want it's, it all bigger. No, well, here's where it starts. This is this is honestly where it starts. Automobile, automobile designers. Like, not engineers. A designer is not an... Well... But, but yes. for the most part, a designer is not an engineer. They they draw right. cars and they, they make cars happen in, in, in that way. Um, they think that all vehicles should have 27s. Yes. All cars. All cars, hate... they just start drawing really big circles, and then they draw a really small car around it. I, 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 like, I do like the look of that, though. Yeah, I mean, uh, find, find any like, initial concept of car. Yeah. It's 27s yeah. with a slammed vehicle, and then the fender is just a piece of paper that goes over the wheel. Yes, I agree. I agree, and I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. No, it's awful because then, then, then engineers show up, and we're like, "You can't fit a person in there." So, step one: let's add a person. Let's do there. <laughs> Two: uh, we have to turn those wheels, and you won't let us put Hellcats in everything. So, make them smaller. So then they're like, "Cool, we'll make them twenty ones." Yeah. And then we're still a little little smaller. And then they go 20s. And then that's where the battle ends, I guess. Because now all cars come with 20s. 
Yeah. Remember when twenties were like a like a thing that only I still remember drug when dealers the, had. I still remember when the Dodge Ram came out, and it was like the first vehicle to have factory twenty-inch rims. That was, and that was only like seven years ago. Yeah, maybe ten now. Yeah, maybe ten, and it had factory those five-spoke twenties, and they were like the first truck with factory twenty-inch rims. And I was like, dude, those are so gigantic. And now it's like that's not even that big. That's no. not even that big. We bought a base grand. We got a base grand Cherokee. It's got twenties. Yeah, I I can't. I don't know what the wheels are gonna. The tires are gonna cost when we go to replace it. Yeah, you buy a base. You buy a base. Anything. It's got nineteens, twenties. If you get an SEL Awful. Premium Atlas, it's twenty ones. Yeah, it's all because designers think they look good. They do look good. They do not look good. The they SEL. do not look. No, 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 no. Here, just like. Just, if you take a specific car though, and you take the wheels, if you put twenty, let's. I'm just using Atlas for an example because okay. you can get, you can get 18s and you can also get 20s. Okay. The 18s look disproportionately small. They look terrible. That's that's not my point. I, once once you design a car to have 27s, and then you build your car around the 27s, and then an engineer tells you you have to put 21s on it, and everyone compromises at 20, then you're stuck. But the problem is we should start with like a 17, design a car to look good at 17, and then if you want bigger wheels, you can put bigger wheels on it. But let's start smaller, guys, because then everything can be a lot smaller. I see what you're saying. Right? Because the second you make it a 27, then we have to Now anything under that looks silly because you've made the proportions for a 27. Yeah. And and then think about it. Like you have a 27. And then you have to add like a thirty-seven inch wheel well around it, right? So mm-hmm. like ten inches around this tire in every direction is now just wheel well. Yeah, that's right? not what I want though. I want it to be I want the wheel well to be the same size as the wheel. Yeah, that's fine. That's but well no no no, but you gotta have space around it and I don't know. Just but but I'm talking about between where you can start putting people. Right, because oh, you design yeah, the a car. Actual wheel housing. Yeah, yeah you, you you size your wheels. I mean, th- this is how we did it when I designed formula cars. We you size you picked a wheel, <laughs> you picked it you picked a tire. You pick it. This is how you design a race car from the ground up. You pick a tire, and then usually someone gives you rules on how small the wheelbase and stuff can be, and then you put a human in it, and then you just kind of go from there. And everything else is 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 just in the way. The engine in the way. Just jam it in there. You just build around the tires. The tires and the human, yeah, that's it. You know, you got to have space for the tires so you don't like, you know. So, so your proposal is smaller wheels or, or, or yeah. bigger wheel wells or smaller bigger cars? wheels, smaller wheels, smaller cars, right? Because if the trucks, if you just made the wheels smaller, the trucks could be smaller. What if you made okay, okay. What if you made the wheels smaller and you made the cars smaller, but you made the cars bigger? That like the exterior of the car is smaller. Yeah. But the interior is bigger because the wheels are smaller. See what I'm saying? Like you make the interior floor plan bigger than the current car, but you make the car the same size as the current car because you put tiny little wheels on it. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. That's what I'm suggesting because the, the the car, the inside of cars, with the exception of trucks, and even trucks, aren't really that much more 
I don't know. Trucks may, might be, might be the exe- exception to this rule, but SUVs at least. SUVs are usually the same interior space, and usually the doors have gotten like seven inches thicker over the last ten years. Yeah. Doors have gotten obese. Yeah, it's super frustrating. I mean, it, I, 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 I couldn't. I like. Think my, back to like the bus. That, exactly. Exactly. It's just like sheet metal in a window and then a fabric covering with an armrest. And there's Dude. nothing there's nothing to it. It's, it's it's literally like what it's probably I'm thinking in my head it's like three to four inches thick. Yeah, it's it's and it's just two stampings too. That's the most amazing part. It's it's a an, an outer door skin and then the inner door frame and then it's just crimped along the whole thing. I remember trying to take that Audi the, the, the A4 door apart to get the mirror out of it. And it's got this fucking window frame that's probably at least three stampings. Yeah. And then it's got like yeah. two, three stampings that make up the lower section of the door. And I, I don't even know. I couldn't even get... You can't see into it. I don't, I don't yeah. know how you get the window regulator out of that thing. Right. It's like... I don't know. I don't know why they got bigger. That's what I'm asking. Is that, it, it's that's got, has definitely to be safety. Yeah, okay. that's definitely safety. But even, I'm still of the opinion you could have cars be just as safe in those different crash response, in in some of these crash responses, Mm -hmm. if the wheels were smaller and the tires were smaller. Like a smart car. Yeah. Or a, I don't know, a Mini? Yeah, Minis minis have 20s. Yeah, and they're huge now. Like a smart car is the best example because I think it comes with like 17s. They get the <laughs> and they're like, and they're like a tiny series sidewall. They're like a twenty-five series sidewall, and the tire is not very big. Yeah, I mean it's like a two hundred five, yeah. if that. And the car is small, but it's spacious for its size because it doesn't have the doors are very thin on on a smart car. The doors are very thin. Okay, but it's the carbon fiber monocoque okay. that keeps it very. Yeah, but you need for, doors for side impact. That's, yeah, but the, that's where the doors door just get has, fat. Yeah, but the door just has that lateral bar in it that ties the front of the door to the latch and then call it a day. Yeah, I don't know why they don't make better use of that, though. There must be something else to it that I don't, I don't fully know. But Well, a lot of cars on the doors have hooks, too, that go into the bottom rail so the door can't be pushed in from the bottom. Yeah. It's got like a big iron hook. You'll see it. It's okay. once you see it, you can't not see it. <laughs> like I accidentally looked at one, and now I notice them on all the cars. <laughs> um, I, I, this makes me come back to the the Subaru because the the BRZ is is a seventeen with a two fifteen width, and it's it's small. I can park it in parking lot spaces, mm-hmm. not uncomfortably. And it's it's it the interior is noticeably smaller because the center console is not very big. But like, I just I, I I don't feel like I you know the, the the BRZ I can almost park two of them in our driveway. The 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 Grand Cherokee is like we're taking up all the space, and it's not like it's not like I get in the Grand Cherokee and I'm getting some huge amount of of space or something. Right, it's not an echo chamber in there where it's just tons of room. Yeah, a, a truck, a full size truck though, they they are it's they just huge. Especially like when you get into these like mega cabs and stuff. 
or yeah. they just the back seats are now like small apartments. I just don't I don't understand the the whatever it is that makes things bigger or smaller now. Safety and designers. Mostly designers. I'm blaming designers more than safety. Okay. Cuz I cuz I cuz I feel like because the other thing is you have to think about the how much the car weigh, if the car weighs more it has more energy when it's doing front on collisions and stuff right. so so then by that definition they have to be stronger for and you know and stuff like that so they they just kind of they get stupid and i don't know they're probably cheap about it cuz they're probably trying to make use of stampings and stuff and um we were headed down a dangerous yeah. road with sizing also before the screens came into play. Now that screens have come into play, I don't yeah. re- necessarily know where we're headed with that. But but, but right before that, <laughs> if you've ever driven like a 20, I don't know, 17, 2018 Toyota Tacoma, or I mean a Toyota Tundra, okay. the knobs on it, the knobs for the, like the HVAC and the radio were like full action, like four-inch grill knobs. Like you felt like you were starting like a, a Toyo- grill igniter or something. Toyota had been doing that for like ten years, though. They had been getting kind of stupid with the the HVAC knobs. Yeah, and they've been making everything just larger and larger and larger until you were turning like a industrial door handle. I was anyone else doing that, or was just just a Toyota thing? That could be just a Toyota thing. I think that was because, like, I know, like Jeeps and stuff have have like the same HVAC controls for like ten years now. I mean, yeah. they're just good, so they just they don't change them, right? Right. And now we're going to the screen culture where everything's got to have like a 55-inch tablet on the dash. Yeah. I I don't know how I... So, the Compass had a had a 8.4 screen, and now this Jeep has got a 7-inch screen. Mm-hmm. And they do clever things with these Jeep screens where you can put like, you can choose what utilities like heated seats are controlled by the screen and stuff. And you get to choose where they are mm-hmm. in the seven inch screen. We have one, one fewer spot and everything. I don't know. I'm, I'm getting why customers are probably going in there and, and, and buying those big screens because they want to have more features readily available at their fingertips. Yeah. You don't have to go searching for stuff. You can just hotkey everything. Yeah, you know what that's called? What? Buttons. Remember buttons? Remember when everything had a button or yeah, a knob? But, but well, so in in Jeeps and in a Jeep, you have a you, most time, with the exception of the heated ste- seats and the heated steering wheel, you have buttons for everything else, in addition to the screen. Which is brilliant, which is how it should be. Yeah. I, I agree with that 100% because then what we do is we just leave like the radio on the screen all the time and the HVAC controls or you just use the normal HVAC controls. For a while their Mercedes went away from buttons. Like they had a button, but the button only brought up the function on the screen. So if the screen didn't work, you couldn't tell where you were at in temperature, value, or fan blower oh speed, or anything. It was very frustrating. We, in this, you won't know what the value is, but you could at least... Sh- well, I think, if, I think if the radio unit goes out, though, I think you kind of lose control of everything, though. 
Yeah, see, I don't like that either. I like. I wish everything had a cable connected to a flap. <laughs> I'm, start, I'm, I'm starting so to sound much. very old, but... No, this is what happens when you've worked on stuff that was old. Like, I, I, I don't know. This, this gets hard. Like that's, like, that's a statement that we can all enjoy as funny mechanical people, but, like, what happens when that little cable inside this other, like, inside of its sheathing gets bent slightly or starts to rust inside that cable and then you never are able to fucking turn it ever and it breaks and then it's 20 years later and there are no more cables left. <laughs> yeah, you just you just build one out of leftover oh bicycle parts. Like, I don't know. I, I, I haven't worked on a lot. <laughs> I haven't worked on a lot of new vehicles under the dash, but like a VW bus underneath of the underneath of the dash is a complete and utter shit show <laughs> yes <laughs> like it's just random wires there's not a single like it's just quick little single wire quick disconnects like 40 of them yes there's, i know what you're talking about <laughs> there's no there's no there's no connectors that plug into like a single module. they're like they're like a spade connector for every yeah. individual yeah. connection every, they yeah. got the lights for the dash or daisy chain <laughs> And then there's the cables for the heating controls that just, it, you can't move them out of the way if you're trying to get into something and you're just like, Ugh. Yeah, but that was easy. Was it? Would you rather work on that every day? Or would I rather have my radio quit working in the middle of the day and now I don't have a vent? Yeah, I think I'd rather have one wire do one yeah, thing. Yeah, but how often does that cable. happen? Well, my uncle... Is has a 2019 Dodge Ram and he's okay. on his fifth radio. For what reason? It just shuts off while he's driving. It just oh randomly God. shuts off. He should stop. And he has that. It. He well, it's warranty. I know, but they just go. It just it's random. It, it happened to. I was livid when it happened to us one time. They just keep putting these refurbished screens in, and then it keeps just shutting off while he's driving, and he loses functionality of all of his things. That's yeah. That no. Some of them keep working. I think something I think keeps his, working. Well, his heater controls. I think his heater controls work. I think the only okay. thing that doesn't work is his radio. He can't change the radio up or down. He yeah. can't, and I it think, will stay on. It will stay oh, on. He does well. So, but he can't turn it down or turn it up or turn it off or turn it on or change the channel or do anything. So if he's like gets a call and it's yeah. up, he can't turn the radio oh, down. My God. That happened to us one time, and the radio just the radio we lost control of the controls, but then eventually it shut down completely, and then we had to like key cycle a dozen times, or I waited fifteen minutes because I was like trying to find out where the fuse was so I could yeah disconnect it and yeah, and then it finally just fixed itself. Oh, That's the livid. next fix is to just wire in a. Uh rocker switch in between the fuse and the radio and then just shut it off and turn it back on and reboot it every time it does it i i, I wonder i don't i don't know i don't know if that's a software problem or a hardware problem i'd be i don't know i yeah i, I don't pissed. know i i would be too i 100 i he was asking me why they keep putting refurbished radios in it. I said, I don't know that they can get anything other than a refurbished radio because Volkswagen does that. They just take the old one back and rebuild it and then send it back out. Yeah, and that, and that's what makes me think that it's a software thing and it's just like, what are you going to do? Well, but I mean, at some point, so uh, you, you've heard about this. I don't know if you've heard about the, 
the, the chip issue shortage. With, well, there's that. We can get into that in a minute. But oh. the um, the the Teslas with okay. the EE prom um, problem, where they I, I, I heard about this vaguely. Where they're only I I don't know all the details, but they're only like EE proms are like designed for like either. 10,000 or 100,000 write cycle read write or yeah write cycles mm-hmm. where it's it's a it's a little chip I've got some around here somewhere but yeah it's a little chip and you can electronically read and write it was before yeah it's like old gm stuff no 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 so it's so i'm sure Corrado's have this they have the they have eproms right that you have to take the sticker off of Right, and then you put them out in the sun, or if you're doing it professionally, you've got a little UV box that okay. that erases them, and then okay. you can electronically write. You, so they're they're EEPROMs, they're electrically programmable, but not okay. electronically erasable. Right, right, right. But then eventually yeah, they figured it. That's the shit we learned out about in school. That's like old GM shit, like '80s, '90s GM shit. Yeah, yeah. I think. I mean. Companies were doing I mean, like sure, ninety five. I think everybody did, used it, but but that's where I learned about it. Was that I went yeah. to a farm school, so yeah, yeah. And then they tell you you gotta pull the chip out and you reprogram it. Yeah, and your small block Chevy. And so you yeah. get the you get the horsepowers. You you yeah. tune the maps with the. So, but anyways, you were saying the Tesla. Then what? So Teslas have this. So you can only erase them like ten ten thousand or a hundred thousand times electronically uh okay. before they start getting corrupted and like the bits get because i imagine because i imagine they save a tiny bit even though they erase they save a little trace of something i would imagine or something over time yeah they yeah they, they get dirty i guess or something like that i don't i don't know how the i don't know how the what the Chip how you make them switch i don't yeah. know if they're i don't know how they do that i'm sure i could figure i'm sure i could I'm gonna have to. Go, I'm gonna YouTube that after this. But, but anyway. So, so Tesla is storing absurd amounts of data on these chips. Like just absurd. Okay. Like we use them. We use them on our ECUs. We have. We use a mixture of. Uh, you got flash, EEPROM, and non-volatile RAM, and we store. Like all of the stuff that we that we change a lot, we all store mm-hmm. we store in non-volatile RAM. And what makes non-volatile RAM different than EEPROM is the non-volatile RAM gets cleared whenever you disconnect the battery for 15 minutes. Okay. Okay. So yeah, when you're okay. when you do anything that you have to disconnect the battery, you're you're clearing the NV RAM. Right, right, right. The EEPROM only gets used I, I can't even think of anything that, that uses EEPROM. There might be some. There might be some. Like, like the NV, like the NVRAM would be like throttle adaptation, pedal position adaptation stuff that's learned by the driver over time, and then when you erase the battery, it goes back to base settings. Yep, all of the. I think all of the, you know, all your DLCs, administrative or uh, OBD stuffs all stored there. Yeah. Um. Anything like that. The things that are on the NVRAM are probably. The VIN. The VIN is probably stored there. It's on the like build, you know, data like. Oh, that you mean on, you mean on the EEPROM, the one that stays there? Yeah, for ours, the one that. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's probably some stuff when you guys do flashings or like software updates. Maybe you're modifying stuff in the EEPROM, but most of the time you're usually probably modifying the flash. Right. Which then 
rarely gets updated. Only when you're doing a true software update. Um, but anyways, so Tesla decided we're going to use EEPROMs. We're going to rewrite them like millions of times for like their big screens. And they do it so often. And they're doing it for like stoop for like, I think like the self-driving stuff. It's like updating yeah. like, so the EEPROMs. Constantly, constantly. Yeah. So they, they run out and like, they get burnt up in like six years. Oh my God. And Tesla's like, who, who has a car longer than three years? That was their response. or something. It was something like yeah. so ridiculously out of touch with reality right. that it was right. like. Hopefully everyone, because that, that cuts down on waste. Well, it's, 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 it's strange because it's like, it's, it's, I think it, I don't know. I think it's the difference between, I'd really like to find someone in Silicon Valley to have this conversation with, but like the difference between automotive computer or software people and like people who get to deal with desktops and like apps and stuff like that where it's like yeah like computer software people yeah nobody's worried about your computer you know driving into a wall right right that's uh that's i i had heard briefly about that but i didn't know the exact scenario of what was going on and i should have probably read up more on it but that's uh <laughs> we could read on it up more, but I feel like we've gone too much into this topic. That with seems our like a limited knowledge. That seems like a terrible problem to have though. Yeah, like Yeah, so the screens go bad out of warranty. It's like it's all the stories that I've heard of like is just out of warranty and then your like $10,000 7 foot screen goes out on your Tesla. Right, yeah. And yeah. you're left stuck with the bill. What a joke! What's which, the? Uh, go ahead. Which probably makes the all the all of the electric cars or all of the cars that are gonna well, hopefully the same people who are forced to hopefully when, as they take like IC engine controls and software engineers, hopefully they take them and they put them on the electric cars, so that like all of these things that we have mostly worked out and like best practices and stuff, the good mm-hmm. ones at least. Mm-hmm. all get applied rather than just you know hiring a bunch of new people who don't know these things and then like you know they make the same mistakes again that you made like 40 years ago <laughs> yeah. Yes. yeah 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 right yeah i hope i hope that same thing yeah is true we're having a guy who's retired retiring this week who's <laughs> like he was working on 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 computers back in 1987 or something it's like how far we've come. Yeah. That used to require a whole room and now you can put it in your pocket. Well, I, th- they talk about, they, they, the, the, the people who've been there like 30, 40 years who've done the computer, they literally, they remember having to take the EEPROMs, take off the UV light, put it under a thing to erase it and put it into right. a little thing and program it and then put it in the, the board and run your car. And it's like, yeah, that's like, that's like the Corrado you can still take the chip out and put a different chip in. And now I always thought it was funny because with Mark IV's Volkswagen used like anti-theft shear bolts on the engine control yeah. unit. And they're like, we don't want people getting into our control units. And I'm like, dude, they're not getting into the control unit anymore. They're just going through the OBD port and it takes like 10 minutes. Well, that's really difficult to do though. The reason it's easy to do on, on, I, we've gone over this, I think, on the Bosch because they're Bosch units. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
But to be fair, that's still very difficult to figure out if you don't have something to start with. Right. That's why that's why you can't get well, yeah, that's why you can't get uh you can't the tune there's not a lot of tuners for like Mopars and shit. Oh, really? Yeah, cuz we because... do because why? Because we do our own, all of our own controls, right? So the only people who know how to work on them are us. Are the people that get paid to work on them? Yeah. Uh, opposed to like you're saying, like opposed to Volkswagen, who who has Bosch build it and then Bosch sells it back into like Unitronic and APR. No, no. I think I what I think. I don't think. I think there's two things. I have two thoughts on this. So one, Bosch makes motorsports ECUs. Does Bosch make does Bosch makes Motronic, right? That's Bosch. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think it's their controls. I believe okay. it's 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 been Bosch's controls for years now. Okay. Because um, now they use Simos. I but I think I still think they're Bosch controls, but they might not be on a Bosch built controller. But I see. even that gets it. I don't know. Yeah. It gets confusing. Yep. Um. But but the thing about it, there's I got two theories. So one, Bosch makes motorsports ECUs that you can just buy from Bosch, and I'm wondering if they give out enough information there that that people are able to do it. But then the other thing is is that Bosch, both in Europe and America, has has all these calibrators, right? Any oh, any car company can call Bosch up and be like, we want to build a new car. We would like to put your controls in it because we don't want to design our own controls. And Bosch will be like, cool. Would you like us to calibrate them as well? And they'll send a team of calibrators to come calibrate your engine with their controls because they know how to do it. So you get all these, you get this churn of, you know, Bosch control engineers through there. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I bet you they're able to somehow, you know, know how to figure that out or something. Yeah. Yeah. There's got to be a few old school nerd people too, because there's tuners out there that have done. I don't know if they just take an ECU and they go through it bit by bit and figure stuff out. Because there's things in there where they're like, "Yeah, I I made my own map," and you're just like, "What? How did you?" I I know they did that on like with, with the. I've got one right here. Or I went and there was a digi key. There was a digifont. Okay. Uh, yeah. There was I, I somewhere around here. I've got a Digifont board, mm-hmm. and it's got two E proms, two yeah. E proms on it. And I don't know. We could do this live sometime. But I think what, like back what they did back in the eighties and nineties is they would pull these E proms, and then they make devices that you can plug them in into a computer, right? Read up, read off everything, and then they would just I don't know. I read one place that some guy was just looking for patterns. Like he was looking for values that would align with a map. I see. Okay. So he was just reading the mass text and then just finding what he would assume would be a map and then editing that with higher values of the pattern, I would assume. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know. I, I, don't, I, don't, I would, it, if, if we could have one guess, that would be the coolest thing ever to find someone who originally figured out how to do that back in the day. Dude, but I don't so know. Nutty. I don't know how you would like that. Would be the other way you could do it is if you built like a like an engine simulator hill thing where you could mimic like a everything. Stim board. 
Yeah, and you could mimic everything he was doing, and then just it would be really easy that way to see it, you know, change a value, and then see if you got a response change in it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or yeah, or even like unplug something and see what value changed on the board, or what value changed in the requirements, and then plug it back in or short it out or whatever. That's very strange. Because someone had to have figured it out. Because it it seems like it's usually like six, five to six months after a new engine control unit comes out that there's software out for it. And is it them learning the new software and editing it? Or is it them just cracking the ECU and then they just apply the next... They just already know the steps to go up. I, I think at this point, they they know the steps. Or they they, they, they just know how to reprogram it. Because they're doing it all via OBD, right? So they're yeah, they're doing it over CAN. They're knowing how to do it. Um, and I'm gonna go with gotta, Bosch. Probably has a has a has a way of doing that, and they just know where you know RAM is mapped well, to. Right? As, as long as you know what address. And I gotta imagine that sometimes there's a little crossover between employees where APRs like, "Hey, we're gonna hire this Bosch employee, and we'll pay him better if they can give us a little bit of this intellectual knowledge." Oh, I'm sure 100. That yeah, that that is exactly what happens. There's 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 I don't know 20 miles away from us is a giant Bosch headquarters, and there's I I don't know we we have I mean like our our diesel products are Bosch tunes. There's there's Bosch calibrators, and they're all a bunch of assholes because they're usually idiots. Because they're young, this is what they do. They hire calibrators are usually like the young, dumb, and stupid, fresh out of school. Yeah, kids. fresh out of school, and you just tell them what to do, and then they just have to do it. Yeah. And they just and, and the Bosch stuff is just I don't know. F- f- the Bosch stuff is just so difficult because it's it's in like I don't know. You can tell that it was like written in German, mm-hmm. and all the variables are kind of in German, and then they use like. They use like Hecta KPA or or uh, Hecta. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that that's not an engineering unit that that anyone in North America is using, and they might right. be using it for for like computer scaling reasons or something. But I'm still like, you know, the first time we went over that, it was like, huh? Yeah, Why would you, I know. That's... I know what you're talking about though, because I've seen that in in the raw data. I've seen that that measured val- that uh, unit. And I'm like, I don't even know why we don't even use that. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 it's something and it's, it's, uh, uh, you know, sometimes it's every now and then, every now and then, especially on new cars, when I encounter a problem and I'm in an area that I shouldn't be in yet, be, not to say that I can't be in there, but I'm in an area that I shouldn't be in yet because we shouldn't be having a problem like this yet so yeah. i'm in an area that's probably not developed a test plan or something it's all in german and i have to translate it to get it to work and to figure out what's going on from because the variable been... names no from like the entire test plan everything the instructions oh, okay. the, the the measured values i mean everything everything's in german and i have to translate <laughs> it over to because it, they've had the vehicle out there but it hasn't been out here long enough to go through yeah. and translate all the stuff yeah so the test plan and the serviceability is built into the machine. It's just not translated to America oh, that's yet. Hilarious. Yeah, it's, and that's when I know, like, I'm like, okay, I've, I'm having a problem that either hasn't been had yet, oh, or they haven't God. developed a plan for. 
Oh, that's funny. Yeah, that is exactly how that goes. Okay, so I'm sorry for I'm trying to Google to see if we can find this answer, but for what? On how the fuck they figure this out. Yeah, we're gonna at some point eventually we're gonna have to start calling people and doing homework. Who's the guys who do them for Corrados and stuff? Tektronics or yeah, Tektronics, but. A big one for the G60s was uh, uh, BBM. Ooh, BBM, yeah. I mean, they figured any, it out. Are any of these they, companies still around? Yeah, Tectonics and BBM are still around. VW. Uh, we should call these people and ask them to come on here. That's going to be our goal. We'll, we're not going to commit to anything too hard. Because we know yeah. what happens when that when we do that, but yeah, Bond Brenner, BBM. Are these just like little guys? Like that's all yeah. I want to. Yeah, they are. They started in 2004, it said, or 2002. Maybe that's early enough. But Tektronics, Tektronics, like still sells. They can't have started in 2002. That doesn't seem. That seems it, too it, new. I don't know. At least sees their copyright. Yeah, because yeah, BBM's been around since that. the 80s, right? Yeah, they were doing like 16-valve Scirocco stuff. Okay. I got a picture of a freaking... Here, contact. How do we contact these guys? These guys are in Washington. All right. I was hoping they would have a uh, about, but they do not... Yeah, Tektronics tuning on their website is 40 years since 1981. Wow. These guys are in Oregon, too. There's a lot. I don't know. What is the fuck is it about it of the West Coast and VWs? They don't rust? No, but like even way, I don't know, way back. It it must be a bug thing. They just got into it. Oh, that could uh, be. Yeah, I could see that. I was hoping they would have like a description of when they started on here, but they don't. But I know they did like, I know BBM's been around since like Scirocco 1 and probably before that even, probably Mark 1, because they were, they were early on, so. Or Shrick, but I don't think Shrick's around anymore. But anyways. Were they they American though? uh, Shrick might be German. Okay, I I I, I want to see if I can straight up call someone and ask him how the hell did you figure this out, and will you come on our dumbass podcast and uh, talk to us about it because we think it's interesting. Um, I do have a question. None of this has anything to do with. Um, none of this has anything to do with the uh, the bigness of vehicles. Yeah, it is because they put all these computer chips in them, and they gotta have space for the computer chips. Shrick is German, by the way. Yes. Okay. Like, has your dealership started seeing a uh, a reduction in uh, in cars? No. Is that is this is this the chip shortage yeah, thing? See, chip I, I heard this too, and I also didn't read this. Sorry, everybody. I didn't do any homework <laughs> on this episode. <laughs> I I've been hearing about it though. In fact, they played it on the regular news, like the not. Yeah. 
car people news, but like the regular yeah. normal people news. And I was like, whoa, it must be a pretty big deal. And they're saying now also tires are, there's a tire shortage. Yeah. The chip shortage, I, I'm hoping that doesn't, it's a, I, I mean, we're like, is it, there's, there's going to stop being cars. Is it a labor shortage or is there a, is it a, a, uh, building material shortage? Uh, I don't know. I don't know because I don't. Everyone's got their theories, but but essentially, I think it's only like there's like eight nine manufacturers of like computer chips. Yeah, of like the raw silicon. Like, have you ever seen how they? I don't know. I've been I've been getting way too much into like how computers work in the last couple of years, but like how silicon is made and how they make computer chips, and they have to like make these silicon rods that then they slice into waver to make computer chips and i think it's there's only like there used to be all of these manufacturers in the united states i figured it up I, I looked it up i figured it out for which part why there's a what's causing the chip shortage okay. it says much of the world supply up to 90 percent of the computer chips come from taiwan yeah. or no much of the computer chips come from taiwan and up to 90 percent come by are made by the Taiwan Semiconductor Manufacturing Company, TSMC, which has been dealt with a double whammy compounding on the pandemic trouble and the trade war between the United States and China. So it sounds like they're just having like a a, a, a physical labor problem. Well, I, it's a physical labor problem. And then it was like, because I think it's the, that Taiwanese company, there's some companies in China and then some companies in Korea. One of them got hit with like, a tsunami or an earthquake or something and put one of them out. And then I think it's a mixture of like, I think it must be hitting like one chip or something or like one part of a chip that feeds into a whole bunch of stuff. Cause it's like, it's, it's everything. Well, it's also saying, it's also saying this is an article on CNBC. It's also saying that the growth of things that have chips in them grew to a level that they weren't prepared for. So they every like computers went up eight point four percent. PlayStation type gaming consoles went up five point one percent. So all these things, I assume because everybody's been home, they want something to do to keep their kids busy or to preoccupy themselves, yeah. or now everybody's trying to get computers so they can call into work and do work over the everything's gone up, which is good, but not good because all these devices use a ton of chips is what it's saying online. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's it. I, I just find that one hard to believe. I find it hard to believe that there was uh, so much demand that then everything went nutty. Well, I think it's demand mixed with COVID. It's They would have been able yeah. to keep up if they were a full-strength company, but they're now they're... Like Taiwan, their cases are going up now. When Before, they were doing pretty good at not yeah. having... Not having, but now they're getting hit. Then everyone harder. got sick of it. Yeah. Well, it's like labor or lumber prices. Um, I because because I the last thing I heard, the best rumor I heard off of TikTok or Instagram or one of these places was that there are these middlemen for lumber between between where you buy lumber and the lumber mills, and and they're just taking advantage of the fact that everyone thinks that COVID is the reason that the price went up. So they're just sitting on a bunch of lumber. Oh, so they're just hoarding it. Yeah. 
they bought it real cheap and now they're just sitting on it and they're allowing the price to go up and they're just getting rich off of it. Because there's like all these stories of like truck drivers and the people who ship the lumber and they're like, yeah, these guys, they just have bunches of lumber and we're, you know. We're just picking up the load we yeah. were told to pick up. Yeah. That's kind of a joke. That's fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. Then all... you got people like me that are like trying to build a small shed and they're like, come on. Yeah. Well, there's all these, I don't know. If you go on YouTube, there's all these things that like people like predicting that lumber prices are going to crash and all this nonsense. And it's like, yeah, okay. That's stupid. This is what happens when stupid people play stupid games. Yeah, I agree. If you're hoarding lumber, then you somehow get stuck with like a shit ton of lumber. Good. Screw yeah. you. You suck. Yeah. I mean, That's what you get for being a dummy. Yeah. Um, speaking man. of that, my garage door shows up Thursday, so. You'll finally be able to protect your vehicles. Right. Efficiently. Yeah. There's an impending hailstorm tonight, too, so they're all inside anyways, but yeah. You'll be able to move over the purple one. But the nice point is, is that they all fit in the garage because they're small and they're not oversized. And they don't have giant, stupid 27s. They have 15s, 16s, and 17s. So I got a question for you. Which ones are you going to put where? Uh, everything will go in the new garage. Okay. What are you going to do with the old one? Um, that will be for short-term projects for Marie or I and then the lawnmower. Wait for it to collapse in on itself and rebuild yes. it. It's got good bones. You keep saying that, and you I just know. you push on it, and you're like, "Oh, it moves a lot." So we're gonna re we're gonna recite it, and then I'm gonna bust the concrete up inside of it oh, and put right. new concrete in it. I don't know why you don't just like you know how to build a building now. You should just build yeah, a but new I one. But I can't because I can't. What do you mean you can't? You can't build a new one. That's against no, no, no. The, you don't. You just rebuild it. That's what I'm going to do. Yeah, but you, you can't just I there's no way it has good bones. I can't I can't believe I'm tearing it down to the studs and I'm tearing the floor out. I'm going to yeah. refloor it and I'm going to put new siding up on it. Like uh, like but, new new sheet new sheet. Okay. But new but, OSB and everything. I find it hard to believe that the the sill plates on it are in good shape. Okay. Well, the, we'll, we'll we'll be doing a little section in. Okay. There'll be a little section in going on because it's uh it's a little rickety, rickety yeah. stickety. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna get rid of the windows too because you know my fear of windows. I I don't know why you hate windows. I love windows, but I get I get it, but I I don't. Windows are just a gateway for crime, Ben. If if I was gonna it, when I was gonna build a garage, I had a whole thing I was gonna put in an insert. I was gonna have big windows, but I was gonna have a way to. Block them off. So you could yeah. smash out the windows, but you couldn't get in. Oh, so like you were going to just like put rebar over it. No, no. I was going to build pretty much a wall section that would just go over the window. Yeah, but then why have the window at all? So I can take the thing off and open the window. And... But then you have to find somewhere to put the thing. That's that's like such a minor problem. The only the only better solution that I I've heard and that I that I thought would have been good, but I didn't want to do all the framing for it, was a lot of people do these like they're like a one foot by like four foot window and Up they at go the, at the top, top. Yeah. yeah, to let light in. But I don't need any of that business. Well, I also have I don't know. I mean, I have a fully fenced yard, and the only time I would ever put these inserts in would be if we were like going on vacation or something. Right. So. I'm just trying to eliminate crime. 
I I'm not worried about crime because they'd have Which to is, really get like I don't know if you're willing to break in to a garage in a backyard that you really can't even get. I mean, you've seen our house. There's if I put a garage in the backyard, it would be like, what are you gonna steal? You have to go through this gate. Yeah, yeah. It's not as quite as easy as mine, where it's yeah. like, yeah, just drive out of the driveway. Yeah, 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 exactly. I, I I get that a little bit, but I don't. know. If somebody wants to break in, though, smash they're gonna it. get what they want to get. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't think a window stops anybody that much. Yeah, I think your bigger deterrent is you've got cameras and stuff. I mean, you know. Yeah. Good old fashioned police work here. Yeah, and a sign on the back that says "We don't call the police." That it's got a revolver logo. I don't think you have that. But it'd be cool if I did. No, people who have that, I just, I don't want to go up to them because they're crazy and they might just shoot you because they're bored. Yeah, that's true. That's accurate. That's the that uh, Speaking of that, just a little tidbit for tonight's event. Tonight's um, events. Somebody hit my neighbor's mailbox. A teenager. Same one that's always getting hit? No. So what's funny, and I was hoping you were going to bring that up. What's funny is, for those of you listening, this winter, (laughs) my neighbor to the east mailbox got run over by a guy from Alabama who was giving it the beans (laughs) in an F-150 and ran over his mailbox and ran over the tree in his yard. And now the neighbor directly across the street who built a new mailbox for that neighbor's mailbox has just been run over. By another teenager that was giving it the beans while looking at her phone. Oh, that's funny. In a Honda Pilot. Smashed it. Why are you make you so happy? Dude, because it's like, it's a straight road. All you have to do is go straight. It's not like they hit it like, I could see if you were like on an S-curve. And like <laughs> in one of the curves, there was a person's driveway. But it's not. It's a straight road. You're just going straight. It's not like they were sliding down an icy hill or like, no, they were just horsing around and they've both just succumbed to the mailbox. That's It's very loud. Far too much excitement for you. It was very loud. And it was amazing. Right. I feel bad for that little girl. Well, she just committed her first act of murder. On a mailbox, so yeah. get used to it. She's probably going to do it about seven more times in her lifetime. Yeah, she is. It's probably going to go up a little bit, and then it's going to go down for a real long time, and then all of a sudden it's going to go skyrocketing up. Texting and driving. That's the and future. And aging. Imagine what happens when we combine aging with texting and driving. Yeah, like you're like, let's say 89, <laughs> and you're texting and driving. And your eyes are a little blurry because you kind of got cataracts. Yeah. You're trying to squint and read that text. Oh, there goes Jimmy. <laughs> Sorry, Jimmy. <laughs> no, Jimmy's mailbox. <laughs> we just laughed about murder. Oh. oh, you just straight up mean murder. Okay, all right. All right. That <laughs> went from fucking mailbox to little poor Jimmy. Fuck. All right, guys. That's not. That's not a good start. This isn't a good start. <laughs> right. So two weeks in a row here. We're, there you uh, go. We're, 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 we'll never figure it out, guys. Knock them right. out of the park. All right. Thanks for listening, right. everybody. Like and subscribe. Tell your friends. Hey, we might try. We might 
get special guests. That's my new goal here. Yeah, there you go. Just like the live episode throwback. <laughs>